It's a happy time for us, dear Marlena. Oh. Welcome to day two of the Massive Attack 12 Days of Christmas specials. And with me is Joe. Welcome, Joe. Hi, Mitch. How are you? Season's greetings. Yes. Happy Yule, as you said yesterday. We're at day two. Just a quick recap of what we did yesterday. We are doing 12 episodes in 12 days leading up to Christmas of Christmas special TV shows or movies or whatever we find to talk about just to get into the season. Yes. Get straight into it. Did we pre-warn them? We did. We pre-warned that we uh, we watched He-Man and She-Ra A Christmas Special from 1985. 1985, yes. One of our more commercial picks, you'd say? Oh, who knows? We haven't really oh, finalised yeah. what we're picking So yet, far, anyway. So far, yes. And much like yesterday's, how it kind of fit into the zeitgeist of us, this rings a few bells for me because as a kid, I was a big He-Man fan. Well, so was I. I thought I you were a She-Ra fan when you were a kid. No, That's no, no, no I, was a, I was a fat He-Man fan. <laughs> <all the> big, <laughs> but yeah. So, yes. Going back, one of my fondest Christmas memories from when I was a kid was back in the early 80s when I got Castle Grayskull for Christmas. Ooh, and Rich Richie, obviously. I don't know, how much was it back then? It was probably about 100 bucks it was 50-something something dollars. If really? Not, probably more, but it was yeah. it was way out of the realms of what I was ever going to get. Well, it was it was a Christmas. It was something special. Mm. It wasn't something I was just going to get in Castle Grayskull, you know, for being good that week, like I would maybe Merman yep. or something like that. So. <laughs> so Castle Grayskull was a Christmas present, so it ties in with the whole fan of He-Man as a child. And you said Christmas this memories. one. Like, there are so many Christmas things we could have chosen. This is one you put out saying, are we going to do that one? I was like, sure. Yes. Like, I had no memory of it. Well, I, ha- I-, I do own it on DVD only because it was a gift, but I was like, oh, yeah, I-, I can watch that. That's fine. I didn't have as much memory of it as I thought I did. Watching it again, it was a lot of it I didn't really remember. But like um, the quality of the writing. Yeah, and... I don't know. I like. I've gone back and I've watched a lot of early He-Man episodes since, and the campness of He-Man is probably something that jumps out at you when you watch it as an adult. But the bad puns and the bad quality one-liners and stuff in this is what really upset me. I think. I think it's common though. Isn't it? Well, you you said you've gone back and rewatched. It. I it thought is, it was. Yep. It's pretty much the standard of what it was I mean I always thought it was a great animation back in the day and you go back and watch it, watch it now and it's sort of rotoscoped like they it looks like they've gone and animated over the top of footage of people walking it seems to be pretty accurate in that way and the, it's actually good like compared to some of the like Hanna-Barbera stuff that was out at the time oh, and those sort of things and, and they re- reused a lot of the footage so the yeah, walking so- or him punching you in the face because <laughs> I remember <laughs> drunkenly hanging around with us in, back in our wrestling days you'd watch He-Man a lot for some reason I don't, I don't know you go into another room come out your eyes are a bit redder and you'll be watching He-Man I don't know what was going on there yeah. but there'd be scenes where he'd throw a big punch and it's the idea he's punching someone else oh. but he's the way they filmed it is he's punching you in the screen and you're all like why is he punching us <laughs> We thought He-Man was our friend. Why is he yeah. punching us? Yes. Yeah. But the thing is, they spent the time to make really good animation. Yes, they re- they reused it, but it, it, it's quite good. The only thing, and it, this episode had it, and all episodes had it, when it was based on a toy, they, the character design was really good. Yeah. There were big, muscly blokes or whatever, and the vehicles looked good. But whenever they just designed something just for the show that wasn't a toy, they were just pathetic. Yeah, and a lot of the uh, secondary characters that were never figures were all scrawny old men and stuff like but that. The, but... Like in this Christmas episode, they come across the man-sheens. Yes. And they're terrible designs. They just don't suit. Like, everything no. that's based on a toy looks like it could be a toy. But any, whenever they invent the things like these characters and man-sheens, yeah. it's like, that would never be a toy in the same universe. That no, wouldn't exactly. look the same. It's like, what the... F- 
Okay. Yeah. Whatever. All right. Well, this is probably a good chance for us to jump into the synopsis of the episode right, rather than fine. jumping ahead. Fine. Well, to explain, well, you got He-Man, who is the master. He is the most powerful man, man in the universe. Man. Was it? But is he, that the, the tagline? I something like that. Yeah. Well, he's he's. He goes by Prince Adam in his normal everyday life, who's the son of Randor, King Randor, and on the planet Eternia. And his mother is an Earthling, who was a space woman who got stuck there and married King Randor. And he was chosen by the sorceress yep. and given a sword. I, I don't really know the origin. We should really have someone <laughs> explain. And if he holds his magic sword aloft and says the magic words, by the power of Grayskull, he becomes He-Man, the most powerful person in the universe. And he does the right thing against the evil forces of generally Skeletor, not always. But most of the time, Skeletor and his evil people that work. Henchmen. Henchmen, that's the word. And very popular cartoon in its day. Yep. Obviously, with a name like He-Man, kind of skewed a little to the boys. So, a couple of years later, they bought out She-Ra, which was He-Man's twin sister they didn't know about. I don't know if this was after Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> but on another planet. And she basically, same deal, holds the sword up, says by the power of He-Man. Does she? I think so. And she turns into She-Ra. She's Andorra. Andorra. And Prince Adam is and Andorra is their non-universe power people. So there was a spin-off TV show with to try and sell more girls' toys because they were more like dolls in, as opposed to action figures because they had like Barbie sort of hair. Yeah, real the hair, hair was hair the thing that really and clothes like. and that sort of thing. So, mm. and I do remember watching both cartoons, and I, I, I got into Shira as much as I got into He Man because it was on. It was a cartoon. I watched it. Yeah, so they did this Christmas special. Now I know it's forty-eight minutes long or something like that. So I'm yep. assuming it's a, just two episodes that they put together as one, but probably. And I gotta say. I don't know why I like... Well, I do know why I like this show, because it was cool at the time. <laughs> but fuck, there's so much annoying shit going on in it. Yeah, the, the few of the things that really annoyed me is the fact that He-Man and She-Ra do things to, like, you know, save people and stop baddies and stuff, but they're always referring to each other as sis and brother, and it's like, yes, we know they're brother and sister, you don't have to keep reminding us. That's what I know. Okay. Well, that was one of the Mine things was that annoyed voice, me. Especially the She-Ra characters, because yeah. they all had these weird... How do I be PC about this? Um, just these strange voices of yeah yeah, not quite right characters but I think the problem was that it was pretty much the same voice actor doing nine different voices yeah pretty much so they had to come up with something different so they're like oh yeah anyway strange voices anyway and it was fine enough but it was a typical Christmas episode where Orko who's fucking stupid and that's the one thing I'm not let's just backtrack there for a second you say it's a typical Christmas episode but they don't celebrate Christmas on a team well no they don't but like I said, Prince Adam's mother is, is, is human. Yep. And they were having celebrating a birthday. Because it turns out him and Shira, their birthday's on Christmas Day. Yeah. Ooh, what's that saying? Anyway. <laughs> so, and she was talking about Christmas. Then they had a skyrocket. Man-at-Arms and He-Man were working on this experimental rocket, which Orko turned up to and investigated to have a look. Because Orko's a fucking idiot. Yes. And ruins the fucking show. Because he can't do anything right. Why do they put up with him? Seriously. Every fucking episode. His spells don't work. He fucks up. He causes havoc. Why the fuck do they put up with him? <laughs> Because he's the comedy relief. They don't need it. It's no. fucking annoying because it just happens so many fucking times. It was a pretty cool figure, though. You had that like the original thing that you put something in and you pull it and it rips and it The scale spins was all wrong. Too. It was the same size as the He-Man figure. It was, it was ridiculous. Yes. Uh, I've got an issue with Orko, obviously. Um, <laughs> so we end up somehow went through a warp, warp warm, wormhole-y sort of thing and ended up on Earth. 
and yep. crashed. And he found two lost kids who were off to get a Christmas tree. And then they got captured by Horder. Yeah, I, it, I was very it, it really didn't make it was sense. Very the fact that they've gone interdimensional to another planet, but yet, you know, the baddies from Eternia and Etheria, where Shira's from, are still interested in what's going on on Earth. Yeah, so they end up getting kidnapped and saved and blah, blah, blah. And they get saved by He-Man and Shira, and they're going, oh, what's this? Oh, let's learn about Christmas. So they go and start doing all this Christmas stuff. And now, I really dug He-Man's ensemble of characters. Yeah. Shira's, which is a show I didn't mind. I, I like Hordak, and I love the robot henchmen that he had, and those yep. sort of things. They were really good. Never had a figure of those, though. So. I don't think so. I used In the to make new series of, they did, they were great. I used to make it uh, out of toilet roll holders with, like, stuck on arms and stuff when I was a kid. But there you go. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah, but the, the Shearer's ensemble cast is, is a bit shit. Like Bo. Yeah, the token boy character in the Shearer section. And boy, okay. Yeah, yeah so the very kids... Very much a token. Yeah, so these earthling kids are teaching about Christmas. So he writes a song for the money's loot, and they sing along. We may put it at the end of this episode, but I don't know if we want to torture that much. So, and then it comes all these trials. The kids get kidnapped again, or... I guess, honestly can't remember. I only watched it yesterday, and I still... <laughs> but they have to go through these trials to get the kids back home, essentially. Yeah. And this is where the show is genius. Yeah. Skeletor is fucking a genius character. Like, he is the evil baddie of the show. But he's fucking hilarious, and every time he's on screen, he's awesome. And he always had the best one-liners in the show, like you would call He-Man Flashface, because Skeletor has the skull for a head. Oh, he always picks on Beast Man, he's number one, yep. who he always probably picks on the most. Yeah, considering he, uh, Skeletor was, like, the big baddie, and, you know, this super evil guy, he just had a bunch of morons working for him. Mm. But, yeah, he's got charisma as a character. Skeletor was fantastic and yep. funny. So, in the process of this episode, the kids end up under him because like him and Hordak are trying to get these kids to take to Horde Prime which I had no idea what it all meant but hey it was important and while the kids were hanging around Skeletor they sort of imbued him with the Christmas spirit and he became nice to them and was enjoying things and and end up saving them yeah totally out of character (laughs) and he goes what's going on why am I enjoying this And it was that was the best bit of it, to be honest. Like watching him become nice and having real trouble with it. It's like, why yeah. am I doing it? But you mentioned, I, I can't remember what the name of the little mechanical animal type things were. That oh, they manchines, manchines, or something. But yeah, there was one little dog that Skeletor kind of befriended, and at one stage it was licking his bony face, and I thought that was quite funny. <laughs> but Skeletor, in typical Skeletor fashion, was like, "What are you doing, little dog?" and stuff like that sort of thing. So yeah, that that bit was kind of cool. Yeah. Like I said, I was talking about the characters that when they design them for toys, they look good and they don't so they had these man chains that look terrible and they were against the evil robot things which were sort of like machine men and the like because they would have been around that time yeah but they were just terrible designs it's like you could have done something really cool and you didn't yeah but not all of the toys that they brought out were good do you remember the rock lords yes yeah they were pretty shit oh. they were just like rocks that transformed into people that yeah. still kind of look like rocks <laughs> anyway there's a lot of uh, segues in this episode i think yeah but- so, so i mean needless to say they saved the day Kids get sent home in time for Christmas, and yet they've been on a turn here for like three days or something, and no real mention about the fact that these kids have been taken away from another planet, their parents back on Earth are probably going nuts for them, but yet when they do return them, the parents are like, oh, you're back. Yeah, where oh, have they you been? say, we've been worried. I mean, yeah, they're them. like, where have you been? And the parents are like, we've been, you know. And then the kids are like, oh, we've been on another planet. And the, the parents are just like, oh, yeah, whatever, you go upstairs and wash up. And, yeah. and <laughs> you can tell us what really happened. If my kids were taken to another planet and they were gone for three days, I, I think I'd be a bit more worried than they were. Maybe they were so doped up on antidepressants or <laughs> anxiety medication because they've been. Maybe that's how they were acting because of it. Maybe. 
We don't know. Anyway. But so so that was the He-Man Shira a Christmas special. Yes. Nostalgia wise, it was great to go back. I It'd think be so. interesting to show kids now. I reckon if you showed the kids of the right age now, they'd still get into it. I don't think they'd be I've like, tried to show my seven year old just normal episodes of He-Man mm. and he didn't quite get it, I don't think. I don't know, maybe it's just the idea of He-Man running around in his furry undies. That's probably something that doesn't hold up anymore. There's no bad time for that. <laughs> I don't think. So, like you, I, I loved He-Man back in the day. Yep. So, one of the best things about watching this was, because I had the DVD, it was given to me as a Christmas present a couple of years ago. There was some extras. Okay. And I got to watch those extras, and they were great. So, one was Power of Glory, the official song of He-Man that was written <laughs> by the son of Lou Schreimer, or Shimer, the um, creator. And it's... It's, it's just shy of being as good as Never Ending Story, I reckon. <laughs> I reckon. So maybe we might put a link on the website. If not, just look up Power of Power of Glory. Yeah. A He-Man song. It's, it's, a, it's a treat. I, I was pretty familiar with the He-Man music again when I was a kid. Where I lived in coastal New South Wales, where I grew up when I first moved to Australia, they, they used to broadcast the TV through one of the FM stations on the radio. And it was like always having simulcast. But I used to actually record the He-Man episodes on audio cassette so I could then listen to them later. Because this is back in the days before I had a video recorder and I couldn't you know, watch the episode. So I just used to tape these episodes and listen back to them like books on tape. And just the music of He-Man just stuck with me for a long time after that. <laughs> What's that swinging sword every time yeah. you... That's <laughs> excellent. But, uh, yeah, so with the docker, so there was this film clip, which I didn't know existed, which now I do, and I want to download this song and play it to people and torture them with it. But there was also a montage of some of the morals at the end of each episode. Because if you're not aware, at the end of each He-Man episode, tying in with the episode, there would be a theme of bullying, drugs, lying, anything like that. Anti-bullying, drugs, lying. Sure. <laughs> And, yeah, so at the end you had one of the characters saying, oh, in today's episode, what's the name, you know, didn't come out and talk to his parents and cause a lot of problems by being dishonest. You really should learn. Yeah, that sort of thing. So there was a montage of, like, 12 of them, which was just like, this is cool. So that was really yeah. good. And then there was an actual documentary about it, and they talked about, they talked to the creators, the writers, and all those sort of people. And one of the guys was a PhD in social sociology or something like that okay and the daughter of Lou was there talking because they did this in the Cosby show or the um, Fat Albert yep. cartoon in 79 or something so it's something they started back then and it was something they're really proud of and Erica Schoma who's the daughter yep. she was taking this guy's course and he used that as an example that this is a great example of this blah 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 and she came up and was talked to him about it and they actually got to meet Lou and this doctor so he got involved in it so he got given the scripts each time and he sort of come up with the theme of it or whatever and say pull this out or put this in so um, it was really good doco just talking about how and why because it is a good show that is a very positive show and, he was, and they were talking about how they could make it like it's about a, essentially a barbarian yeah. it's I, a guy dressed in a very underpants with a sword but and it's not never, violent yeah, in that man never hurts anybody if the bad guys are doing something he will like capture the bad guys and tie them up he or throws something. them it's yeah, the worst he he does. he'll punch them. some people yeah. but he, he throws them and there's always a puddle when they land like he'll throw them three kilometres but they'll land in somewhere soft and survive and you see them survive. So it's written in such a way that it's not super violent because there's obviously kids' codes and there's different things that let them yep. or what they can and can't do on TV. But yeah, it was it was all sort of run through this guy and then the social part of the theme of the show was that. And I think a lot of it... I mean, I think it affected me as a kid. You know, you learn from this stuff because I remember one and I it's in my head whether it actually happened or not. <laughs> but there's one where... Someone was drowning, He-Man flew up into space, he pushed a moon out of orbit so the tides would change. 
out of this cave that was filling with water, went in, saved the kid, came back, and he went back up and said, always remember, kids, put things back where you put them. And he put the moon back into place. And that always stuck with me. <laughs> yeah, but these sort of themes at the end, it makes a show, as a parent, you sort of go, oh, well, at least it's a positive show yep. in that way. You learn something that's good. And therefore, maybe you buy the toys a little more easier. <laughs> you know, oh, that's a positive role model. Like, I can, he can buy that toy. Yeah, and they were great toys. They were. They, were, they were hefty toys, and I think back in the day, like Star Wars was huge. But I think He Man actually sold like for like with Star Wars at the time. Now, admittedly, Star Wars would have been two years on from Jedi by this point. Yeah, but the toys were still pretty big sellers. There were still Star Wars toys. So I think when it came to being a, a toy fan as a kid, or just being a kid and liking toys, He Man and Star Wars figures, it's like it's a great fucking time to be a kid. I can yep. tell you now. And Transformers a little bit after. Uh, I think by '85 they would have been starting. So yeah, it was a freaking awesome time. I got a bit old by the time the turtles came out, but yeah, it was definitely a fantastic time to be. Well, here. speaking of toys, that brings up another one of my fond childhood memories. Where I used to live in coastal New South Wales as well, we didn't have very much in the way of shops. We had like a strip of shops, and in I think it was about 1984 they built a shopping centre. And I can remember the very first day that it opened, it was pissing down with rain, and my parents were like, well, "We'll take the kids to the shopping centre, and they can buy something from the new Kmart that's just opened." And that was where I got my first Skeletor. Ooh. And every time I go to the shops when it's raining now, I kind of have these little memories of going to the shops and buying Skeletor as a kid. That was your so. first figure? First He-Man figure was Skeletor? No, I actually... The first two I had was He-Man and Merman. <laughs> and then after reading the little comics that come with them, I realised that Skeletor was the one to be because he was the big bad guy. Yep. And yeah, I, I really wanted Skeletor and then we yeah, got me that Skeletor. Those, those comics were really cool. I mean, just everything about the comic was just so good. Like, you got this... Not only was it an action figure, there was a story that goes with it. And, you got yep. this and like, Mark Texoera, who's a comic artist, a lot of guys cut their teeth on those comics as well. They were yeah. really, really good. Well, the original ones were a lot better because they were less of a comic. They were more of just, like, a picture with some text underneath it rather than, you know, speech bubbles and word balloons and stuff. Anyway. Well, my first figure, and there's a bit of a story that goes with that too, there was the ColecoVision. It was a new thing around like Atari was I think new and ColecoVision was the competition and it was a gaming system and there was a competition at Greensboro Shopping Centre where they had all these different ones and you go there and you play these games yep. and I forget the game could have been Pac-Man I'm not sure so I, I just was playing this game I could demo it up and this and that and there was a competition going I was like okay so you go in there and as a young kid we're talking I think primary school yeah I was there and I won my heat somehow I got, a, I got a hand on the shoulder not knowing what I'm doing. And <laughs> congratulations, you've won your heat. Come back Friday for the big competition. You win a ColecoVision if you if you win. I'm like, okay. So <laughs> I came back on the Friday thinking, this is this is pretty cool. So I, I played my game and I, I did terribly. I had no idea what I was doing and I was up against like teenagers, you know, so... <laughs> So I, I failed miserably, and I was a little upset, and I think mum could tell that I, I, you know, whether I failed or I don't know what, <laughs> I was just there. So we went to Toy World, and I got Trapjaw, and that was my first. Trapjaw was a good figure. Trapjaw was pretty fucking cool. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, that's my memory of my He-Man figure. It's a very strong, vivid that I think about a lot, whatever certain little <laughs> things. It's like, oh, yeah, I did that. But I did get a prize for coming last, probably, in this competition. Yep. I got a 12-inch single of the Culture Club. <laughs> <laughs> what song I'm going to say Come a Chameleon but I have no idea <laughs> but yeah so that's that's my He-Man memory is Boy George alright <laughs> probably quite appropriate I think so I think Bruce Adam might have been a Boy George fan <laughs> 
right. Well, okay. we've embarrassed ourselves enough, I think, in this episode. We've talked about the show. We've talked about ourselves. <laughs> what more can we say about He-Man and Christmas special? I don't know. I think that a part two needs to be said. Maybe. For the power of glory. <laughs> so, Mitch, you have it on DVD, but if you if you really want to watch this and you don't have the DVD, the official He-Man and Shira YouTube channel has a very good crystal clear version, great quality version of this. So, yeah, Because they have an official YouTube channel, the docos might be on there as well. Maybe. So. I don't know. They're, they're adding new stuff all the time, talking about concept art and how the music was made and all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah. And they've also released full-length episodes on there too. So, legally, you can watch episodes of He-Man online. So, there you go. And yes, the He-Man Christmas special is one of them. Beautiful. All right. Well, speaking of YouTube, tomorrow the program that we've dug up is also available on YouTube. So if you want to watch that ahead of time so you know what we're talking about, we're watching a classic stop motion from the 30s called Christmas, the Insects Christmas. Try 13. Was it? 1913, yes. Mm. Called the Insects Christmas. So you can look that up too on YouTube as well and uh, be prepared for that one tomorrow. So unless you've got anything to add, Mitch. No. That might be <laughs> that might be where we wrap it up until tomorrow. Alrighty, thanks for listening and we'll see you soon. Wow.